0: Hey guys, welcome to Aussie Craft Distillers Shooting the Shit, and we got a big one tonight. Uh, My co-hosts are both offline due to technical issues, blame the Sydney wet weather, I would think. But anyway, they'll come back online soon. Anyway, tonight we've got a big one. We've got a big one. So we've got uh, John Ibrahim from Carlington Mill, and we've got... Bill Lark, who's looking a little bit worse for wear since the uh, the Australian Whiskey Awards. Um, Bill, mate, what happened? Just you just gone to pot in a week.
1: I've been celebrating, Craig, celebrating.
2: <laughs> and I said all that without moving my mouth. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm impressed. You can it <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's more like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got to nah,
3: nah. <laughs> you wide on, on the screen. On down the water.
0: <laughs> so for those who don't know, we're we're professionals. Uh, you can tell by by
2: uh,
0: <laughs> how we roll. So <laughs> yeah, Aussie Craft is still shooting the shit. So we have got Russ. Russ, introduce yourself, mate, just quickly. where, where you're from, what you do?
4: All right. Yeah, look, Russ Watson from uh, Ballerine Distillery over near Geelong.
0: Yeah, nice, nice. And where's your, where's your, where's your off mate? Where's your business partner, mate? Russ, he's, he's there or is Craig he, he wandered off? Just,
4: he's just ducked back to Shippy's to grab a bottle of whiskey we had in the um, suitcase. We saw you having one. We thought we were going to have one as well.
0: Oh,
3: absolutely. And Phil doesn't that, have
4: any in that, his house. That's, <laughs> that's <what> I'm, <laughs> <to be.
3: laughs> I'm waiting for Ryan.
4: Have... <laughs> we brought a bottle of whiskey down. We bought a few and we've got one left there. We're heading home tomorrow. So we're going to crack it and have it now.
3: We, we've also really? got Robbie Gilley with us from the oh, distillery. Hey, hey. Hey, hey Paul. Hey. Hey. How hey. are you, bud? You're very good, mate. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs>
2: oh, look at that. Wow, uh, Wow. Yeah. This, is, this
3: is
2: good. <laughs> this is good. Is, there you <laughs> go. Look
3: at that. Oh, That's.
2: Thanks, <laughs> Paul. That.
3: So What's that? I'm, I'm going to start it off. That is a cracking gin. Where's that uh, from? Uh, some shitty little distillery in, in Tassie. Ah. I don't know what they called. That is a Derwent <laughs> Distillery gin, um, the last Very sanctuary nice. organic Tassie gin. Um, and my purchase goes towards supporting the hand fish. C- a conservation project. A good deed for the month, which is sorry. There that's you go. A good deed so that's for the flip. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh. I like drinking for a good deed. <laughs> but yeah, that that is a, I've been yeah trying to ration myself because I only got it about. I think I got it last week, and oh, I love it. that's absolute oh, cracker.
0: Yeah. yeah, nice, cool. Well, let's go around the room first, eh? So, what we always say to people on Aussie Craft Still, it's shooting the shit who don't know it. Uh, this is our attempt to give you an insight into the relationships with distillers and cooperers and, and other people in the industry. So, it is shooting the shit. Uh, it's as Australian as it can be. And the idea behind it is um, everyone's pouring something Australian and uh, just enjoying the conversation. And we encourage people to hit us with questions and we have a lot of fun on the way and we, we cover a few topics. So we have no idea where this is going to go. So <laughs> hold on to your lily white butts and we will see where this thing's going to go. <laughs> okay.
3: I think this is actually the most, the largest number of guests we've had at any given time. So, I'm sure chaos is going to
2: ensure.
3: Chaos
0: will reign supreme. So, let's rip into it. So, first of all, John, what are you drinking, mate? What do you got in your glass? Water. Ah.
3: You can do
5: better I'm than that. I'm getting a whiskey. I was, I, I was trying. Australian water. Australian. i was on, but now that I'm on, I'll get a whiskey.
0: <laughs> yeah, go and get a whiskey, mate. All right. So, we'll move on. So, the boys, what are the boys
1: drinking? One minute. Well, Craig's just turned up and he's bought he's bought one of Russ's whiskies and his whiskey. Tell us about this one, Craig. Uh, right, so this is one of our uh,
6: here, Pinot Noir mate. barrels, 100 litre Pinot Noir barrels. Come around here, champ. Nice. I don't know if you can see me there. Right. Come in here. Come in here. Yeah, if you sat there, you'll see me. Yeah, yeah. All right, there we are. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Tell us about this whiskey, Craig. Come on. So, uh, this one's called Redback because when we were uh, filling the barrel, of this one we uh, we found about 23 redback spiders um, a day. Common occurrence yep. down on the Bellarine. Um, these are two 100-litre ex uh, Pinot Noir barrels from Scotchmans Hill Winery just up the road from us. Right. Um, we had Youngy Youngy recoup them. Um, yep. And then they they oh. spilt. Oh, yeah, so both those 100 litre barrels spent 19 months in the Pinot and then we took them out and blended them together and put them in a, a bourbon cask uh, and spent uh, a year in bourbon um, and i have it down to Tassie here uh, just to try and make some decisions where we go from. Do we leave it in the bourbon for a bit longer? Um, I kind of like it as it is, but it could go a bit longer. So. <laughs> and uh, what pinot. is the consensus?
3: Uh, it's not too shit house. <laughs> yeah, not too shit house. So no, it's a little shit
0: house.
2: Just
1: <laughs> not,
0: just, no, no, it's not too shit That's <laughs> bloody good. Jeez. That's very cool, guys. Very cool. I'll, uh, I'll tell Don't you worry. what I've got. So I'm drinking uh, two, um, two great Australian whiskies. So this one, if you can see it.
3: Yep. Yeah. It's yeah, it's sweet, sweet. yeah.
0: So that's out of Griffith. That's Mark Burns, Michelle Burns, uh, still builders, extraordinaire, distillers, mates, mentors, and they make a fucking good whiskey. So this one is their Tawny cast, uh, 49%. And I tell you, once I opened it, uh, it just got better and better and better. With a bit of oxygen, it just got better. So I'm drinking that, and then I'm going to move on to... A Victorian
2: mm. cheese
0: from the tennis. So I picked mm. this up this week and uh, I'm looking forward to, to tasting this. Well, I've already started and there's a giveaway. <laughs> so uh, that's what I'm on. So, John, what are you on, mate? Can you see it?
3: I, don't I think
0: I oh, can. I don't yeah, yeah. Redlands.
3: Yeah, nice. Redland.
5: Redlands. Redland. i oh, get
2: really?
5: Yeah. Wow. Cast strength. That's old. Pinot cask. Wow. Ooh, nice. Wow. That's, a, that's that's a blast from the past. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yes, that very is. nice.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. So we're all drinking some some so, quality. So we saw. So
3: I'm yes I'm on the gin to start with. Yeah. What are you um, on
0: after that for whiskey?
3: After that, I'm going to move on to a Corowa. Oh,
2: beautiful. loyalty. Very nice. No,
3: so yeah, this is the uh the Barrel House XP, just their their little bottle, which is quite cute. Yep, it yep. comes in that awesome little sock.
0: <laughs> um, hang on, hang you- on, hold it up, hold it up. That looks like a man- no, no, no. The, the little uh, little bag. The little. Sure, it's you sure it's not Dean's Mankini. Looks a little bit like a Mankini to me. Yeah, well, look at it,
3: <laughs> it's, it's got a bit of. I'm sure it's been used. Um, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have put my name on the order, but um, yeah. It's... Yeah, I think
0: you're getting you payback. All right. Let's
2: <laughs>
0: let's let's rip into this now, guys. So, um, John, a lot of people uh, are watching what, what you've done, and it's – it is a game changer in Tasmania, I think. I think it's fair to say, um, but would love to hear it from your words. Just how did how did the journey start for you? Matt, I mean, you started as a whiskey lover. But where did it go from there?
5: It's like all lovers, I think I was naive with 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 what I was in love with. I was in love with just whiskey um, right. at the time. It was blended whiskey, and I didn't really understand that, but. It was Johnny Walker Black, Johnny Walker Blue, Johnny uh, St. George, Johnny Walker St. George. I think it was mainly shivers, that sort of stuff. Uh, that was in 2015. And then um, I met Bill Lark, started to understand what a single malt was. And basically, I started the Tasmanian journey back then. So, it, it, this is the seventh year in. It feels like I sort of joined yesterday, but seven years of is a long time. Yeah, so in that time, I've spent a lot of time with almost everyone in Tasmania, but notably um, Bill Lark and, and the Redlands, which is the old Kempton team. And yep. I, had a, I had a few years with Sheen. And along the way, we just travelled the world and travelled Australia and just surfed the internet and learned all things, or still learning, all things risky. And um, so, you know, mm-hmm. my ultimate dream, obviously, was Callington Mill Distillery, and we're, you know, we've finished it now, so we're ready to open.
0: Wow. So when, when is the opening?
5: <laughs> like everything, we've got, we've got a, our cooling tower for our condensing. It's, it's a little bit too noisy, so unfortunately. So we have to rip that out and put a new cooling tower in there with some mm-hmm. shock absorbers and build a five metre wall, soundproof wall, to mitigate that, the noise going to the neighbour. So till we do that, we're not allowed to open. So we envisage that will happen, well and truly by the end of this month, I hope. But as soon as we've done that um, rectification, then we'll be ready to open.
3: And nice. just looking at the website at the moment, um, it's a looks like a beautiful facility yeah there's a lot of very sexy rows of yes there's the the stills at the back and then you've got what are they the fermenters and whatever
5: side, very very cool yeah look it it was a challenge um we i was going to buy a um distillery from overseas with either frilly or forsyth at the time um forsyth i think is still upset with bill they haven't managed to get one <laughs> sale in Tassie. <laughs> do you remember that, Bill? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do, John. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we, I came close to, to buying a, a frilly distillery. But to cut a long story short, um, Bill introduced me to to, basic, to um, George Burgess at the time and to Mark Kolcheviks. And right. he's the owner of Coalmark, And then from there, we started talking about uh, engineering and building a, a turnkey whiskey distillery, which was had to be 100% Tasmanian made. So he took that upon his own shoulders. And we, you know, that was, uh, God, we started that in, I think, around 1617. So you know, the result is the distillery you see that we have it going from there. So mm. a huge achievement, you know. So the distillery itself is it's a pretty distillery but 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 it's a functional distillery and the aim of that distillery was to to obviously integrate and automate and simplify the whiskey making process to take away the labor involved okay and to make and to ensure that the distillers had more more say into the whiskey making process every step of the way. For example, in the gristin, our miller, we can we can actually keep modifying the the gristin process to, to achieve the ratios that we want. And, mm-hmm. and and we actually weigh that. So when we take a sample, we will weigh the grist, we will weigh the husks, we will weigh the flour and yep. believe it or not, we found the ratios of 10%, 70% and 30 percent that's what optimizes the sugar extraction in the mash tun. so by controlling all those variables we well we have found we've, we've actually to date have have done 45 mashings so we've been able to check the sugar uh, extraction and the alcohol extraction and the yield so it just gives us because we've got an uh, uh you know forgive me a sophisticated i guess or an integrated Uh, distillery, we've got more time now to just focus and move the levers as we want to try to get to experiment and to get the desired outcome that we want. And once we have that desired outcome, we can then lock in those parameters and set those parameters and that becomes our methodology moving forward. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm just
2: just, just going to put up a
5: a quick little picture here as well uh, that
3: I've just nicked from the website. Yeah. That's a thing of beauty.
5: Yeah, that's not finished by the way. <laughs> oh, right, okay. We we don't have the spirit safe in in the middle of the two uh, stills there where the condensers <clears throat> meet. Right. <But>, yeah.
0: <clears throat> spirit
5: safe. Can I just, uh, just can I, I saw in in. that idea from Scotland, obviously.
0: Yeah. I just got yeah. in for a second. So we've got um, we got the Todd who's uh, a. Uh, He's uh, on the team, the Todd, he's my right hand man, he's joined us. Todd, you're there, mate.
6: I, I am at long last. You are
0: at last. So what are you drinking? Because you you're a bit stressed out there. I'm sure you're uh, you're drinking something. Find anything no, I'm
6: just going with um country to coast. Nice, Flurio and uh, okay. oh, cool. Oh, cool. Cool.
0: great collaboration, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Excellent. All right. Well, let's go back to John. John, I've got a question. So, when uh, Luke put that picture up, straight away I thought that could be in Scotland. It, it's got that, that that grandeur about it. So, was that your was that what you your idea was from the start? You wanted to to basically take that grandeur, that layout, and have it in Tasmania, or did it evolve over time?
5: No. No. I, look it's a combination of things obviously that grandeur is 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 there well it's a result of necessity necessity is the mother of all invention i mean at the end of the day all whiskey you know is really the same process so you you need them to mill it you need to mash it you need to ferment it you need to distill it so i just i took obviously it looks like any other distillery but i wanted to um uh, incorporate it, making it make it functional, but also use the optimum equ- uh, equipment or technology available. So one of the briefs, there were two other briefs with the distillery. I wanted it to be the safest distillery possible, right? And and um, I wanted it to be I wanted it to be the most energy efficient. So wherever we can, wherever wherever we've got liquid that we want to discard that's hot, we will hold that liquid. Like the pot ale, we'll put it in a yep. holding tank, and then when we want to cool it the next day, we then use that to charge the to heat exchange with 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 charging the, the wash still. So, right. so basically, we wanted to be functional. We wanted it to be intelligent, which the result of that will be just like other good distilleries in the world. But I also wanted it to be um, my my brief to Mark was. If you think i need a six cylinder car give me a v8 right so i i didn't i I wanted to be um with sheen when we built sheen for the last four years we have been spending money every single week you know every single week there was something that broke down something that 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 went amiss and you know it was a thousand dollars some weeks it was six thousand dollars some weeks so i just did not want that headache And by the way, before I built Callington Mill distillery, Colmark built a distillery for Callington Mill under Callington Mill licence in Hobart at Glenorchy. And that's also an integrated distillery. We built that three and a half years ago now. Now, Touchwood, we operate that six days a week, two shifts a day, six days a week. We've been operating that for three and a half years and we've never spent a dollar on maintenance, not one dollar. And Colmark also stand by their their um their, their work. we've got a twenty five year warranty as well. Mm. So we, we we wanted you know, if we thought the, the we wanted three millimeters, we got five millimeters thickness. So we, yeah. we went for quality every step of the way because I think in the long run it's cheaper. In the long run. You know, and, and, and you get I th- well, hopefully you should get the result that you're looking for and forgive me for being a little bit of a businessman but you also get well we've proven it we, we get a better yield per ton of barley as well using exactly the same yeast regime and exactly the same barley as well
0: so it sounds like you've come a long way and I want to I want to ask bill a question so bill this, yes, this guy this guy called John brings you up and goes I don't know a lot about whiskey but I'd like to know more. So tell me the relationship between you and John, how it started and how it's evolved over the years.
1: Yeah, well, it, it, it wasn't a matter of John getting in touch with us. It was a matter of us getting in touch with John. Um, oh, okay. When we were looking for a new home for Old Kempton Distillery, uh, we were looking at a particular property. While we were humming and harring, John came and bought it. And right. John got in touch with the agent and said was there anybody interested in the property that had a use for it and so she hooked John up with us and we said well look yeah we had a use for it we wanted to build a distillery there And John invited us to his house in Sydney and we flew up to Sydney and um, we we just started talking I think John we drank a bottle of Johnny Walker Black, and then we opened one of your King George V or whatever it was and just about drank that. I gave you blue
5: first, Bill, blue. Blue, Johnny Walker blue, then I gave you the
1: St George So by the time we finished that, we worked out there was sort of a marriage in heaven to be made here, and um, we we, uh, managed to work out to establish our distillery at Kempton, and John asked if he could be part of the distillery, and we we just joined forces and for poor old John, that was the the thing that changed his life, ruined his life, some people say, but he just got hooked (laughs) on whiskey. And I have to tell you, John is probably the one person in the whole of Australian whiskey industry that has spent more time and effort to learn about making whiskey than anybody I know. John has been um, an absolute um, dynamo in this area, wanting to Um, understand how to make whiskey. We've been to Scotland together. We've been to Ireland together. We've been all over the place. And uh, John has spent an enormous time um, learning about our industry and working in our industry um, to the point of being able to establish Callington Mill. Um, uh, John's been... um, He's probably... um, He's a real... um, uh, what's the right word he's a real uh, uh, um, champion of the Australian whiskey industry and um, somebody that uh, we can all be grateful for that he's entered the industry and um, he's doing wonderful things and I don't know any we're all passionate Craig you're passionate I'm passionate but i got to tell you yep. in seven years John's become one of the most passionate people about wanting to make a top Australian whiskey
0: oh, that's really cool that's that's John so so you so you've gone from drinking whiskey to where you wanted to understand more. I'm, I'm interested in your approach to we'll learning. Now, from what Bill said, you know, you, you, you've really just embraced it and, and, and done a lot of learning. Now that takes a lot of time. Yeah. So how, how did you how did you go about it? Because I know you're a busy man, you've got other things going on in your life. So how did you, how did you approach the learning side? Because as you well know, yeah. It is an absolute rabbit hole. you start yep. going down the Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole, yep. you can go as deep as you want or as shallow as you want, and you've gone deep by the sounds of it. Yeah.
5: Deep to an extent, yeah. Look, the beginning of wisdom is emptiness, right?
2: No, so order. the yeah. first thing
5: I did, I mean, I, just, I just fell in love with whiskey. and stopped. A few months in sitting with the boys at Old Kenton in those days, Redlands, and listening to what's happening, listening to Bill Lark, just under you know, watching Sullivan's Cove, just understanding what's happening. There, I thought there was a real business opportunity. You know, so I knew and I'm really, really dumb when it comes to chemistry, anything scientific, you know. I mean my basic skill is, you know, basic maths. That's that's my skill, you know, I've I've owned petrol stations. Since I was twenty two and I still own them, so I fell in love with this industry, and I knew it was going to be a big effort for someone like me to really understand things that Bill Lark understands or Robbie at the time he was with us at 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 um old Kempton so but I just fell in love with it, and I had to I understood I was never going to have the depth of knowledge that other people have as to what's happening in the in the whiskey making process, but I knew. I needed to know enough at the surface, I guess, from a macro point of view, and I, th- I think that that will, yeah. was enough to, to. Well, that was the extent of my ability, so it had to suffice. But uh, you know, it first to answer your question, I gave up everything. I, I stopped property developing. I've, I've stopped the service stations. And I devoted my whole time time to to whiskey. You know, wow. we we kept talking about. Taking Tasmania to the world—that we didn't have the scale—that And that would be a fair comment, Bill. Would you not agree?
1: No, you're right, John. That's that's. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
5: And. I remember uh, saying to Bill, this... "Look, we've got to scale it up." <laughs> you know, and I'm not going to die wondering. I just, you know, I, you know, I'm celebrating my birthday today, so I, I just joined oh, the birthday. six-year-old. <laughs> happy so, birthday,
2: Yeah, cheers, mate.
5: <laughs> cheers. <laughs> so, you know, time was of the essence. So I guess I'm in just fast forward mode. I want to do all these things and, 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 and try to enjoy it before I kick the bucket. No, so, I get that. So, what, what better thing to enjoy, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, wherever I could talk to people about whiskey, I did. And Will Lark came with me to Scotland and Ireland. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I went to almost every distillery that I know of in Australia and, and then the internet. I just I was on the internet all the time. You know, so slowly, slowly, brick by brick, you know, I think I can hold a conversation about this industry with with, with people, you know, and um what I don't know, I don't know. But you know, so that's where I'm at and um you know.
3: Was there anything in your in your learning going from a, a a novice drinker to a producer was there anything that surprised you the most uh where you just went oh yes is that how is that what yeah. why yeah
5: yeah yeah look yes yeah. um the 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 simplicity of the whiskey making process at the end of the day it really is a very simple process Mm -hmm. but the result right the elegance Mm. the contrast it's just amazing i can't i can't um well i appreciate but i just can't fathom how the diversity of whiskey that we get if you just look at single malt out of just barley yeast and water and wood and Mm. and that's what i love about it you know so um yeah so f- for me it's the simplicity but that, but the complexity that comes from that simplicity yeah. and that's that's what i love about it and you know obviously i love drinking it
2: <laughs> <And I> think- <laughs> let's talk about
0: uh, your scottish trip uh because we both know uh a certain person ellie so ellie is uh oh. He was a big supporter of mine right from the start and actually helped me with my discussions with council to convince them, uh, yes, we can have a little wee distillery at the back of a pub in uh, a little spot on the map halfway between Lithgow and So, And Ali's been a big supporter of mine from from day one. But not only that, a big supporter of Australian whiskey. It's... um, uh, uh, I remember the story. I went, I went to Ali's uh, work, and he goes, and I was delivering a bottle of whiskey, and uh, he goes, "Come on, come on, come on, come out. I've Gotta have a taste. I've got, I've got a, I've got a couple of new, new releases because he's always looking for those, those new releases. Right? He's got them
5: all. He's got them all.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's getting harder and harder now. I, <laughs> I, I sort of give him a heads up. Yeah, I go, Ellie, this one's about to release. Get in there, sort of thing. But I went, I went into this room, and it was just this huge collection of whiskey. And it was on a shitty little Ikea shelving system. Right? <laughs> and and I, said, I said to Ellie, mate, go and invest in a half-decent shelving system because if that thing collapses, I'd hate to think how much you're going to kind of lose. Yeah. So, um, yeah, talk about that Scottish trip. So I know Ellie was on oh. it, you were on it, Bill was on it. Just, just for those who, who haven't been to Scotland, just describe that sort of experience. And, Bill, you had a gateway into distilleries all around Scotland. You, you know They welcome you in open arms. So I'd love to hear that trip, specifically that trip, But from both Bill and, and John, yeah. if that's OK.
5: Yeah. Bill? No, well,
1: um, it, it gave me great pleasure. To, like, when John got interested in this, he said, Bill, please, can we go to Scotland together and can you show me... The whiskey industry i really want to learn and john was quite serious about it in fact he drove me mad at times wanting to understand every single detail of, and, and and john will remember the the confusion we'd see a sign on a still that said it was a seven thousand litre still and yet the guy was saying he was only getting this and john's working out no, nah, that's not what you told me bill we can you know we went <laughs> right through that level of of, of trying depth of understanding but I've got to tell you, and as everybody knows, the Scottish industry love what we're doing here in Australia. And they welcomed John and myself and Ellie and Charlie um, and the other John with open arms. And they were just wonderful for us. And John, I believe, got to see whiskey like very few people get to see. We got really to the depths of distilleries and the bottom of stills and mash tons and uh, warehouses and we had a great time. Um, I'll never forget, John came back from that, and from that moment on, there was no way John wasn't going to establish Kelly to Mill Distillery. He was going to do it. He was hooked. It was a great trip for John. Um, I just loved being there, watching John's eyes, the sparkle, his uh, smile on his face, and uh, I knew we had him. We had him hooked. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) It
5: was like a little – it's like I saw a different world, you know. It was just like a little boy. I was like – seven-year-old in a candy shop but I wasn't allowed to have all the candy I could just have a <laughs> section <laughs> so, yeah. so I, and now uh, you own the store well a small store a very small store I mean if you look at Callington Mills capacity I mean our wash still we charge that I understand the words in our bill Charge.
2: <laughs> we
5: charge that with 6,000 litres right. that's it so That gives you the nine thousand because you need some it's got nine thousand capacity, but you you charge a wash still you you leave some air air gap for it for the frothing and all that sort of stuff. But we're charging that with six thousand litres. So that immediately gives you that's one distillation, gives you the context of what sort of volume that is. So we can do two wash wash runs a day. So we can our capacity is just twelve thousand liters of wash. Per day, now if you do that seven days a week, you'll end up with something like half a million liters of of of, of barreled whiskey per year. Now that's if you run it two shifts a day, seven days a week. But if just you run it five
2: context, shifts a day, pardon?
5: pardon,
0: just to put into context, how much are you doing, Crafty? The wash, uh, thousand liters a week. <laughs>
5: how much was that? A thousand liters a week. <laughs> well, what, what, what's your wash deal? What do you char- What's the capacity of charging the wash deal?
0: Well, that's that's really interesting. You asked that question, John. So I, so it's a nine seventy liters still, and yep. I charge it to nine hundred. Oh, okay. Okay. And the, the reason I can do that is because I actually introduce uh, anti Okay. Yeah. Uh, Peter Bignor uses soap. Uh, yep. Other people use soap or, or food grade antifoam, yep. um, but if I've got a ferment which is a bit fiery, uh, it can go up into the cone, and I've got to watch it like a hawk through the through the sight glass. But that's that's how I choose to do it. Yep. Everyone chooses to do it differently.
5: Well, well, my wash stills five times bigger than yours. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it's Believe not that it, I know. much, if you, but in context, if you look at it, it's not that really. It, it's 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 how how often you want to flog the wash still. it's how often you want to use it i think so yeah. you know so yeah.
3: what 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 are your aspirations then for for oh, using yeah. it you've got to still that size
5: you okay, have yeah. you could do that much per week yeah. that's a big question yeah. the answer is i don't know but i'll tell you what what i'm obsessed with doing okay it's a to get to where I am now, that I've got the distillery, I've built it, it's there. I'm just ready to make more whiskey. We've already we've been making Callington Mill whiskey for three years now, and I've put most of them in 30 liter barrels. Mm. Right, so, so we've got I think 400 odd thousand liters, and I think 300 thousand liters is is in 30 liter barrels. Why did so, you go
3: from 30 liter barrels?
5: so I can get the whiskey out earlier. Right, okay. Right, and you know, it's a, per litre, that's a more costly process, obviously. That's so a lot of wood, that's expensive. It's a hell of a lot of wood, but I wanted to do my penance early. <laughs> so I've done that now. So to, to answer your question, I'm going to continue. I want to get to about 1.3 million litres. So I'm not even looking at sales. I'm just going to put head down, ass up, make whiskey, put 1.3 to 1.5, depending on money, into the bond rooms and then turn the key off. So that's what I want to do. And whether I can sell it, whether I can't sell it, I've got no business plan at all. <laughs> I've never sold the bottle. And Bill knows that, right? So like I said, I'm not going to die wondering then. At some point, we're going to have to turn our attention to sales and marketing and see what yep. we can do. But I'm not letting the production interfere with the sales. I'm committed to building the distillery, which I've done, building the bond rooms, building the bottling plant. I've got to build another Cooperage because we sold Sheen to Lark. Ooh. So, and, 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 and put one and a half million liters in the bond room. And then from that point on, I've achieved what I want to achieve. And then we will look to sell in and correlate sales with production.
3: So, what's your timeline then for
5: for full sales? Well, we're ready. We've got um, we've got limited. I've, we've we've just released those eight, I think, releases. I yeah, five which releases. is a lot for uh, initial
2: releases.
5: <laughs> yes, and well, they're the whiskey I bought from um, as as new make under the tutelage of Bill Lark at Old Kempton, obviously, and with Damien Mackey at Sheen. And I'm, I still am a shareholder of Old Kempton, but no longer an owner of Sheen. But I was an owner there. So But I bought some whiskey there and we put it in barrels. And and that was to be our first release. And then from that moment on, it'll be only Callington Mill whiskey. But the Callington Mill whiskey, we just tasted it, I think, a couple of weeks ago. We... we well, the Pedro Jimenez, Olorosos, um, Ruby Ports, Tawny Ports, whatever they call it, from, from Porto in Portugal, we no. think that sort of... I think Robbie bought a few casks off us. Yeah. Is that correct, Rob?
2: Yeah.
5: I don't know what you think of it, but we, we, we think it's there, but we're waiting a bit longer, and a, a lot of that liquid, we will then move to other casks to further evolve them. So... In answer to your question, we will be releasing about two or three Callington Mill made whiskey by the end of this year. And then from next from next year on, I think we would have significant volume. But whether we can sell it or not is another is another is another story. But I'm sure that won't be a problem. <laughs> If no, we don't no, sell it, only gets better, doesn't it, in barrels? No, no, the no, challenge no, is Barrel to not over-oak it in the, in yeah. the 30-litre
0: car. Absolutely. That's that's a challenge. Yeah. Now, I'm going, to, I'm going to ask a question, John, and I'm going to walk through this very, very carefully because I get myself in the poo when I mention this. And so I just want to walk through this really, really carefully, okay? So there's different ways of making whiskey. Yes. Well, there's different ways of making a wash, <laughs> right? Hang on, I'm walking very carefully, so I only so, know
5: one way. But go
0: on. No, no, no. What I mean is, is number one, you can buy a wash from a brewery.
5: Yeah.
0: And the brewery just makes it, and they they just sell it. It's their recipe, and it's just it's it's mass produced, right? Yeah. The second way is a a distiller can approach a brewery and say hey here's my, here's my barley recipe my mash bill i want you to make it and then the third way is a distiller makes their own wash okay now i started when i yeah when i first started i approached a brewery i gave them my, my mash bill and said hey that's my mash bill can can you please make that um you've gone the route and and no, my opinion each each way makes the same ultimate product, right? There's nothing which is inferior with any of those, right? That's the point that I'm gonna make straight off the bat. So no one can jump down my throat <laughs> on this one. Okay. Yeah. But the, the question I've got for you is you set up a brewery. What well, you know, you make your own wash, right? So is the brewery aspect of it completely separate from the distillery? And and do you have people who have skill sets to brew? Or is it all just
5: totally integrated in the business? Well, oh, well they're two different it. functions, aren't they? Yes. There, there's no doubt about that. They're two different functions. Whether, you know, once, well, well brewing's important and, and the people that we have are, tra- are well trained in that area, but, but they're multitasked, So they, they know how to do the mashing and they know how to do the, the distilling as well. And especially we as a team, when we sit down together, and we lock those parameters in we set the temperature in the mash tun we set the duration in the mash tun we set the ratio of the mis- we set what the flow out of the mash tun is going to be we we set what we think is the optimum sugar is going to be all right I think bricks and all this sort of stuff so yep. so we we do trial and error and then we lock in those parameters so they're they're, they're all important you know but i think what what you were saying is the three ways is do we a brew it ourselves in house do we go to a, a third party and say can you make it for us under these circumstances under these conditions or in this method or then you just go to any brewery and say just give us some washing oh. mate. it doesn't matter what right i mean it's all whiskey at the end of the day uh, yeah. my, my my issue is if you my issue is i would like personally to see everyone control the entire whiskey making process in-house especially i would like to see that as an appellation right so i'm not i'm talking against my own methodology now at at blenorkey cascade make our wash right right and cascade make it to our specification which is using the two combination of yeast that we use, and they ferment for seven days because that's what we want. So they're doing it exactly how we want. But, um, you know, and I'm taking full advantage of that opportunity. Now, whether we want what we as an industry have to ask ourselves long term is do we want to keep allowing this flexibility in the appellation or do we want to simply adopt maybe a Scottish model or, or or an american model where you have to where when you say you made this whiskey it means you made you milled it you mashed it you fermented it you gave birth to the to to the laos yourself and then you distilled it that's the my view is if i invite you to my house for pasta and i got your takeaway pasta I think that's going to be a much better path than if I cooked it myself, right? (laughs) But, But you can't deny that if I gave you, it's not a question of which is going to produce the better whiskey. I probably will never be able to make my wash better than what Cascade have been giving it to me. But what no one can take away from us at Oatlands today is that we are making it ourselves. Whether it's better or not is a very subjective question. That's for someone else to answer. But that's not my only motivation in that. My motivation is, like that Frank Sinatra song, I did it my way. And <laughs> I, that's what I want to claim. And that's what I personally would like to see Tasmania also claim.
0: I'd I would, I would like to throw it to Bill now. Um, the <laughs> same question. Because, Bill, you, you and I know that... You know, it, it can be quite controversial. And, I, and I've got deliberately, I have deliberately raised this today because I thought it was a very interesting conversation to have. Um, and like I said, I, I, I frame it all by saying there is no, nothing's inferior by any any one of those processes. right? But what's your concept of the whole thing? And where do you see things going? And... I'd be very interested in your comments, Bill. Sorry, I'm just throwing you under the bus, not Todd.
1: It's it's a nice day down here, crafty. (laughs) We're having a good night. (laughs) (laughs) This is actually a discussion that John and I have had many, many times. Sometimes we've had too much to drink when we've had this discussion, and other times We take it quite seriously This one
6: we had today totally and we had this
1: discussion today very discussion. Discussion. this very discussion and yeah um look um when i started we didn't have the ability to make our own wash so we bought our wash from a small brewery we asked them to make it with our yeast regime just like john asked cascade to do it and ferment it all those things to our specification and yep. we did that quite happily and we made really good whiskey there's no doubt about it and but I couldn't wait for the day that I was able to buy my own mash tun and learn to do my own brewing. I, I desperately wanted to do that. And I believe probably anybody entering our industry will want to get to that stage at some stage um, where they can be in control of it. But honestly, to for a lot of people to start in this industry, they've had to go down this path of buying their own, uh, buying wash from a brewery. Um, Long term, I'd like to see, as John says, I'd like to see us get to that stage where the definition of Australian single malt whiskey is that we actually make our own wash. Uh, How we get to that point is the tricky part because there are people that aren't ready for that at this stage. How do we get to that stage where we allow people to do it? In the meantime, so in arguing with John, and John and I are great mates, but we love to argue, not argue, we love to discuss things. And and I put it to John, I said, Sir John... If I make my wash in my distillery, that's good. Yep, sure. And, okay, if I need some more space in my distillery for stills and I have to move my brewing side of it to another part of the distillery in a separate room, is that okay? But I'm still in control. Yep, that's fine. So then what if I need that space so I build a shed just next door and I put my brewing there, but I'm still in control, but I'm doing it next door. What if I get so busy I've got... 20 staff working with me and helping me and I've got some chaps and uh, people distilling, uh, brewing for me and they're brewing it exactly the way I want for us and they're part of the team and it's just next door but I I have to move it to the block down the road because I need that space. So it's no longer in the same building but it's down the road but we're still in control. Now, that team of brewers I've had working with me and helping me and doing it my way, um, they're going to do it now under contract for me. They're, they're, you know, and still to my specifications, and to me, that's still okay. So what if it's a suburb away, and it's a different group of people, but they're still doing it the way I want them to do it? I don't actually have a problem with it. Having said that, I I would much rather we all did it in house.
5: That's where I got to that point. I couldn't question. Question. It's (laughs) important to have a question here. I'm going to catch Bill Lark out here because there's an inconsistency. <laughs> this is now, where we if get If you agree with that, if you agree oh, with that,
0: and and let's if go you agree us.
5: with <laughs> that, if you agree with that, and he contracts out the brewing, and he agrees with, there's no big deal, contract it out, third party doing it my way. Why not contract out the distilling as well? Let them distill it for you as well. Same, same theory, right? Yeah. that's my point you're That's right my-
1: and john I, I can understand where it starts to get to a point where you and i can have a really good discussion about this and, and 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 the industry and look i i agree with you I and and i would like to see our industry in australia get to the stage where we can all do that i'm just not quite sure we've come so well, far and there's so many people involved i can't quite see how we're going to get there straight away and you agree with me well, too well, we You give to yes. people
2: Someone, can,
1: can, make a comment? we got just, somebody else to make a
0: comment. I'll just hang on, Russ. Before that, I'll just interrupt uh, because someone's put a comment on, which I think is very, very relevant. You know, whatever process you choose, it must be transparent to the end ah, yes, user. Absolutely. That's that's a one.
6: That
4: that's is, that that's the key. That's and the it's the a, key. a wonderful sentiment, um, but until you've done a startup distillery and you've done it on a very tight budget. And our aspiration is to get to, and we visited Callington on Tuesday and I was gobsmacked. Yep. Um, I'm a fitter and turner by trade. Uh, Craig and I have been operating since two fifteen. Yep. Robbie's in a similar situation to us. He's a startup. That facility, and we've visited a lot in Ireland and Scotland, but that facility, I've got to say, uh, John, has just taken my breath away. I just thought it was a masterpiece. And we are aspiring to do something incredibly similar, which, not copying, but our our plan is to do something quite similar to what you've done. Those boys uh, up at the skillsmiths, unbelievable Uh, skill, unbelievable technicians, their craftsmanship. And and I've been heavy industry, underground, above ground, smelters, power stations, I've seen a lot. I I just couldn't believe what I was looking at. We initially uh, uh, trusted a brewer to do our very couple of first washes um, and he did a reasonable job. We now go to a brewery, but we do it. We even set the mill. We don't just go there and say, can you make we set the mill to what we want, we test the outcome, we do everything to create our what, our yeast, our barley, everything about what we do, our temperatures,
6: our fermentation time, we own it. So, so there is actually a fourth way, um, Crafty, to what you were mentioning, and it's where you can actually go hire facilities, and we'll even go check the tanks the day before, make sure everything's clean, as if it was our own brewery, but we're just hiring the facilities, we'll go and exactly. do the ash, we'll go do everything ourselves. So we've got yeah. oh, production. We've invested a couple of yeah. uh, retired,
4: father of two at sixty-three years of age, young chap with two little kids. We've invested a couple of million in getting to the point where at. We are looking at mm-hmm. investing some serious money to get to the next stage. You can't hop to that stage too quickly and too easily. It is not it is very, very difficult.
5: Well, I've got a two-fold solution. I think any startup needs a three-year grace or a period. So if you set up a distillery, by all means, no one's saying you should set up the whole milling machine in one hit, but there should be a time limit, I believe, right? Now, the other question is this. If you're not doing your own wash, you're not financially – someone else is making profit out of you. It's as simple as that. Oh, well, there's no doubt about that because now if you look you can look at my brewing setup and that is expensive. But then you look at Lark, Lark distillery. If you go down to Cambridge and look at their brewing setup, it's just the mill the miller there would be how much, Bill? A couple of grand.
1: I I think I paid six thousand dollars for the grist mill and the mash ton and everything to go yeah. with it, John.
5: Well, 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 they don't, they've still got that miller, that old yep. miller. I'm I assuming. Still use it's, that. It's,
2: it's,
5: yep. it's like what we had at Sheen. We, we just yep. had a milling, a miller, and then we had this bathtub, and we had an ore, right? Yep. So it, it's, it's, it's by all it's really means, by it's all really means, if you're a startup company, yeah. yes, you can. I'd, I'd, I'd recommend in the first few, three years, you buy your wash, but it's in your interest at some point within that three years, is to have a little capital investment where you yeah. can do your own brews. We're doing that at Old Kempton very soon, Bill. Yeah, you know, we are. We're gonna be, yeah. be doing yeah. that. and We're not gonna spend extra ordinary money there. But yeah. because what you do is you've got two choices. You invest in a bit of capital and you halve your wash costs or probably uh, save 70% of your wash costs. And you invest a little capital or alternatively, you don't invest that little capital and you always pay 70% above for that watch. So, number one, it's it's we give them a grace period, it's economical at some point to get rid of the middle person and have your own limited capital investment that you will get pay you back, I think, tenfold over the yeah. so, yeah. But is that, is
3: that forcing a financial oh, position? On people? Sorry, is, that, this, is is, Luke, is that sorry. forcing a financial position on people? Um how,
5: how is it? Like,
3: well, if, if you're gonna put a rule around the
5: that you uh from a financial perspective it's gonna be no, cheaper. No, I'm just saying I'm just saying it's yeah. financially sensible as well. Yeah. The from an operational side, I'm saying that in order to claim you make whiskey, I believe you have to mill it mash it ferment it mill it mash it ferment it and distill it yep and what we're saying for startups we're saying okay in three years time have someone else make your wash for you right when you're starting up but it it is in your interest from two points of view number one financially and number two operationally especially if our appellation calls for this so you can be captain of your own ship master of your own destiny and you can then claim that you're involved in the craft personally, under your licence. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Look, I, I'm going I'm to add my personal story. So, Russ, Craig, and myself, we did the original uh, Tasmanian Whiskey Academy course back in – when did we do it, Russ? What year was it? Oh, what year was it, uh,
2: our IBD course? It was two, four, uh, 2017, I oh, think.
0: 2017.
4: 2017. Okay.
2: It Anyway, have,
0: so yeah. we visited a a brewery right and uh they were making wash and it was like yeah cool yeah and we were they were asking questions and someone i can't remember who it was pipes up in our group and goes so how much do you charge for wash and uh everyone and all the you know potential distillers just went Shh, what's he going to say what's he going to say right and he said $1.50 a litre. This is for wash, right? This is not whiskey. This is wash. So for those who don't understand, this is just intermediate material, right? And I went, oh, cool. I've finally got a figure. I finally know, you know what, what Tasmanians are paying for wash. Fantastic. So I went back to to the brewery that I was talking to, and I don't know why, and, John, you'll laugh from a business standpoint. I said, uh, in Tasmania, they pay a, a um $1.50 for wash. So I'm prepared to pay $2.40 a litre. And he went, what? done.
2: <laughs> what
0: the hell was I thinking? You idiot.
2: <laughs> for
0: one year, I was buying my wash, right? Oh, my for my My recipe, $2.40 a litre. And then I started making it. And, Better oh, more, my yeah. God, did I open up a world of pain. It, it took <laughs> me... Two and a half, three years before I finally got to a point where I went, okay, I think I now sort of understand what I'm doing, but maybe <laughs> I don't. So to get, yeah, yeah, that was a painful journey to get to brew. I can tell you.
4: We um crafties, uh, when we did our first couple of washes, we did it down at um, a brewery called Prickly Moses, which is in the Otway Ranges down in the. Yeah, the beautiful surf coast. That's uh,
3: that's near my right hometown of Colac.
4: Beautiful. Uh, yeah, in between Colac and Lawn. Oh, well, turns yep. down towards Broome. No, the land. A yep. Bay. Um, and he's a, bit, he, he's a real character. The brewer, a dollar thirty a liter. And we did that for a couple of washes because, but it was a long way to travel and it was doable. We uh, ended up doing them – we do them now in a brewery uh, not far away from us for 90 seconds.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow.
2: <laughs>
4: but we do it all, and we do have total control. But the thing I'll say about – and I totally I totally understand John Ibrahim's um, uh, emotion around this, and I do, but when you're a startup, it's not about just – and for us, you know, we've, we've got families, we've got uh, limited amount of money. You're dealing with council you're dealing with uh, excise you're dealing with um, regulations you're dealing with all the safety factors which most distilleries aren't across yet um yeah. you know you're, you're trying to grow your product you're trying to do so many things and it's it and we would love to have been creating our wash on site and we we're dealing with space we're, we're flat out we're about to build a new shed just to mature our whiskey um we dealt with so many things We knew we needed a cellar door. I didn't believe that cellar door for two years. Uh, We were there seven days a week, 12 hours a day, serving customers, cleaning up at the end of the night, making whiskey in the middle of the night. Um, The amount of effort that we put into, um, and then, you know, travelling 15 kilometres down the road to a brewery and creating a wash. You know, Appalachian's a great thing. If anyone question the effort we put into making the best product we That's could, good. you know, with our skill and our knowledge and learning constantly, but, you know, we would love to have had that ability on site. And we will one, day. We definitely will. And we will have, hopefully, something like Caliton because we've done the hard yards in some shitty little setups that have taught us about all the things that we don't want to have to deal with and all the things we'd love to have. You know the journey is different for everyone. Yeah, and the
0: time. Yep, yeah, mate. It's, absolutely, mate.
2: We want to grow our own
4: barley. I mean, you can take Appalachian back to plowing the paddy. You know, yeah. I mean, you know. So it, the realities, the the outcome is extremely important, and you uh, you know, the, the quality of your product, and your customer, your customer um, uh, opinion. But your product is gold because if they don't buy it, then you've, well, you've got a shitload of whiskey to drink. But, um, you know, uh, there is there is so many multitudes of, of journeys, and everybody else's um travel along the path of starting starting a distillery and ending up in a hopefully the best situation you can and making the best product you can. It's and everyone's an amazing journey, it's an amazing journey.
0: You, you said it, mate. Everyone is on a different journey, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of, I, I call them mums and dads operations. I, mine is a mums and dads operation, right? So you work with what you've got, right? And, uh, you know, my my story is my freaking mash ton, I could not. My shed was a 60 square meter shed when I started. It's 120.
6: It's m2. a wonderful mash ton. It's want is a wonderful mash
0: tun. It's a wonderful mash tun. Oh, it's a wonderful mash tun. Wonderful. So You're the story of to... my mash tun, there was not enough room in the shed, right, to brew. And so I talked to Burnsy, Mark Burns, right? Burns Welding Fabrication, and makes freaking amazing whiskey. Um, yeah, and he said, he, he said, "Mate, go go and buy a boat trailer. Go and buy a boat trailer. Bring it down to Griffith. We'll 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 cut it up. We'll we'll play around with it." Go and get a um, an old milk vat, and I'll make you a mash tun. So Lee Atwood from Backwards sourced me a, an old milk vat. He drove it to um, oh Voyager Craft Malt's actually. It was a, an event, so so I got my mash. T- I got my milk vat. Took it to Bernsey, He cut the axle on the um, the boat trailer, moved it back, repositioned it so I could actually pull my mash tun on the back of a boat trailer in and out of my shed. And for Todd, how many years did I did we do that? Three years? <laughs> too three many years, years, right? So oh, well,
2: okay. that three years. I was
0: gonna to say
2: too
6: many. <laughs> that, is,
0: that is where we started because could not afford to do anything else, right? But wanted to to get into brewing. So the, I guess the point I'm trying to make is everybody is on a, a different of journey. There's no right or wrong way, but this industry is built on on large operations and small mums and dad operations. And it's 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 so important that, that it, it's such a diverse industry. And I, I think that's what makes our industry really cool. Is there's is so many different facets to it. So um, mm. yeah, is no, that is that a, not
3: certainly part of the um I guess the the beauty of the Australian whiskey scene is that absolutely, absolutely. there aren't really any rules.
0: <laughs>
3: it ah, is well. very free. It is very free form. You can
5: experiment. The with experiment. There are still rules. Yeah. And, and we're adhering to the rules. No one's making single malt out of wheat. No, okay. no. Okay. No. So there are, what we're saying is there's different um methodologies i guess or 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 or, or factors that, that that play in the process it doesn't have to mm-hmm. be just in your own under your own license with which i mm-hmm. totally accept but it's very important because at the end of the day we want to make single malt and 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 or or, or other whiskies. But, but there's a category of that and yeah. you have to play within those rules or you're just simply not making a single malt whiskey are you you know that's a good well, point. i probably just finish that
1: discussion on John.
5: Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, that's oh, a good point to finish that discussion on John. Yeah, 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 I yeah, yeah. It I okay, I'm gonna go. take it another direction
2: now.
0: Guys, guys, just a minute. let's talk about our competitive edge on the world stage. And I'll just open it up and then we'll yeah. go into discussion, right? So to make mm-hmm. single malt whiskey, right? In Australia, basically, play by the rules, two years in wood, keep your nose clean, do your time, you got single malt whiskey, right? We don't have a lot of restrictions on the type of wood we use, uh, and we don't have the restrictions like the Scottish have in regards to historically they can only use wood that has been proven to be used previously. Then you come to America, and America have huge constraints on, on the way they make whiskey. So in Australia, we have a major competitive edge. Now, put that to one side and then look at the other side of it. You've got people that are saying Australia needs a lot more uh, regulation, control on how we make our single malt whiskey. And then you've got the others that go, no, that's our competitive edge. Play by the established rules and go and make the best whiskey you can with whatever you want as long as you're compliant. So, John, what's your thoughts on that? And, Bill, what's your thoughts on
5: that? I'll quote Bill. I'm going to quote Ooh. you, Bill. <laughs> I'm listening. Well, well, I'm listening. Well, the appellation, as it recommended, is that we could mature our whiskey in wood. wood. Whereas in Scotland, it's oak, right? And in America, it's bourbon, is virgin oak, American oak. Yep. Yep. So that's... If you look at a pyramid type, they're up there. Their constraint's here, and Scotland's here, and we're down here. Now, I said to Bill, what if people use, I don't know, gum tree wood and all this, and it comes out bad, and, and, and I'll never forget what you said, Bill. You said, no one will be stupid enough to do that, John. In principle, what you're saying, Crafty, is 100% oh, right. right. Yeah. There's, there's probably a wood out there that's going to create a fascinating whiskey, right, an exciting whiskey, and hopefully its its origin is unique to Australia or to, to Tasmania or, and, and, and that would produce. I'm not aware that we've discovered this wood yet okay so what i think at this point in time what has proven to work is is european oak french oak american oak now should we restrict it to just oak or should we broaden broaden it to wood i'm in two minds i would my adventurous side says it should be wood because there's something that we can Potentially, yeah. You know, as long as it, what comes out the other end is something that the people, the public, will perceive as as good whiskey, and they'll buy it and they'll drink it. But the other thing is by having a wider scope is, you know, people might just get cheap wood because they don't want to buy oak, and you know what I mean. Mature it there, and then it becomes a a downward spiral. That's the thing with having more flexibility, right? So it it, it can work in your favour, but I guess it also can be detrimental if it doesn't work in your favour. But let me try something else, John, just just to cut you off.
1: Can I I just put some context to what John said? Can Can I I just put 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 some
2: some context Let Let, let let me just add add, one thing,
0: one thing. So when I'm talking about wood, I will use the example of Diageo. So Diageo had access to tequila barrels, and they wanted... Take tequila barrels and use them in Scotland. But because but that's Scotland, oak wood. it was oak, it was oak, but historically, because they could not use it because there was no historical precedent being set with tequila, they couldn't do it. In Australia, we all went. Beauty. Oh, well, I'm, I'm all for that. I
5: thought you're was, talking about gum. i
0: talking about that. As, I thought you're
5: talking about maybe gum tree or or. or no, no, no,
0: I am, I am, but I'm okay. also talking about the fact that we can we can go into woods, uh, we can go into oak that's had other things in previously. Absolutely, what the world cannot do. And
5: Absolutely, that's, we should. But what we shouldn't, shouldn't do, do. Sorry, but what we shouldn't do, and Bill agrees with me on this, is start to get an oak barrel and go make a Christmas pudding. Or custard, or make some sort of gluey. Can boil some fruits in some uh, pressure cooker, squeeze it, sugar and all this sort of stuff, bring it out, and then layer it inside the oak barrel, right? Artificially manufacture it, and then pump new make in there, and say we're going to get. I wouldn't like to see that.
3: Why not?
0: Well,
5: oh, because well, I think I, I I think you might as well just mix it with the whiskey. I just.
1: Yeah, uh, Bill, do you want to chime in now?
2: Yeah,
1: I want to go right back to that first comment that John made, and he said, "You know, um, I can't even remember what you, you said." But to put some, oh, that I think people would be stupid to use anything. No, they else wouldn't be
5: enough to use something else <laughs> other than yeah. open.
1: And the reason I say that is because I recognised right back when we started that malt Whiskey has a character and flavor that comes from malted barley yeast and water, but matured in oak barrels. Now, yeah, we could put it in a red gum or a eucalyptus. We could put it in a new and time. We could, I, I asked the cooper in South Australia to make me a barrel out of leather wood and he said he would, but it would leak and everything. Else. But what I started to realize is we all love our single malt, or I do. I, I'm talking for myself. I loved my single malt because I enjoyed the character and flavor that came from maturing in an oak cask. I could sure put it in something else, and we've done that at Old Kempton Distillery. We put it in, I think it was a red uh, redwood cask or something. Yeah. Red gum I'm, I'm
3: looking at that right now. Actually, there was a red gum cask from Kempton.
1: Yep, yep we did yep. that. Uh, but I made sure it was very clear to the people that bought it that Have you ever asked the question why do we Why don't we mature in something other than oak? Well. We did this and released it, and we put a little statement with each bottle that was sold to say, if you've ever asked yourself that question, here's an opportunity for you to decide, should we be maturing in something else? We didn't say it was good or we liked it or anything else, but here's a chance for you as a consumer, because we don't get that chance very often, to make your own mind up about this issue. But I just felt if we use something other than oak, yes, we possibly can. But we're now having to educate the consumer about a whole different product. It's a different product to what I loved drinking and the reason why I wanted to make single malt whiskey because the flavour and character of that drink came from whiskey that was matured in an oak barrel. That's that's why I said to John, people can do it, but they'd be stupid to because it's a whole other drink they're going to have to educate the public about. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't do it. I just think they'd be stupid to do it, but let them do it. I, I'm not saying don't do it, um, but that's the reason I said that to John, and I, I'm sticking by that. I, I love single malt. I, I love I've this. always loved I- – I got into this because I love Scottish single malt, and I wanted to see if we could make an Australian or a Tasmanian single malt, and um, Look, that's what I'm doing. Guys,
0: this is a really good – Heavyweight discussion we're having tonight, right? And there is there's distillers that are watching this and
2: going, oh, "Wow, <laughs> is, uh, we're
0: having fun. We're really
1: having fun, right?" And I've, we're seen great- com- I've seen a couple.
2: of comments yeah, from wait, our wait, very good
1: wait. mate Gary. Gary who? Gary's um, on.
2: Young on
1: as well. We should we should have this. It's Gary, uh, yeah. a live discussion at the really. whiskey show, and I'm in mean, that. It'll be a a very long heated discussion (laughs) Gary's made some very good
2: comments
0: tonight too By the way Uh, Uh, There's been some great comments tonight Uh, I want to change this up completely Because I like throwing people under the bus And even though we said we weren't going to do it We're going to do it So Luke, hit the button, we're going to do it Uh, I'm sorry Todd I'm sorry. sorry And now It's time for Throw the Todd Under the Bus. So, just so you know, know, Todd's my right-hand man. (laughs) I thought you'd love it. I thought you would. So, Todd's my right-hand man, and... Yeah, he's he's. I've been an apprentice for. I, I did my own self apprenticeship for three years. I refused to call myself a distiller, and Todd was the apprentice's apprentice. So I now call myself a distiller, and Todd is the apprentice. And the apprentice has some questions. John, here comes your questions. Todd, it's yours. Such a freak.
2: Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm going to get a beer by the way.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's why.
2: Because not you leave, you want to
3: move out of the
4: conversation. It runs so much better when he's not in it. Yeah, (laughs)
6: 100%. uh, John, if if you were to give someone a, a word of advice if they're just starting out, um. In the
2: process of
6: setting up their own
2: distillery, what would you give them as as just a little nugget of advice? <laughs> that's, that's a
0: good Don't do it. <laughs> well, on a restricted budget, what advice would you? Very give? good
5: point. Very good point. Look, yeah. ultimately, we're all in this business. That's the end game. Yeah. Doesn't matter how you do it whether Cascade makes your wash or whether you make the wash or you buy new make and you, at the end of the day, that's the end game. We're trying to produce something that's really, really good quality. What I would do is the Tim Ducket model and probably even more fast forward than that. There's enough whiskey now that's matured. There are distilleries now. We just sold whiskey to Robbie, right? And, um, there's 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 whiskey out there. If I was starting a business, I would approach distilleries and buy matured whiskey, and I'd put it straight into my label. Obviously, with it's transparent, I might then even evolve it in different casks, add my own dimension to it, and then go straight to market. Try to see, do I like selling whiskey? Can I sell whiskey? Is it? I would work at the front and then work backwards. That's how I, I would do it, you know. So either buy matured whiskey or buy new make from a distillery, put it away, mature it away, and then go straight to market as soon as I possibly can. And then from that, get some positive cash flow, get some supply, and then you can go into distillation, have someone make you brew, and then work backwards from that model. That's how I would do it.
3: So talk, just talking about that that cash flow model, the the trend is generally to um, do a gin, or a gin, or a vodka, or something or other that is very quick to produce, quick to get out. You don't have to age it um, in order to get that cash flow. So are you sort of saying maybe push that aside? Don't worry about that, or look. and and
5: go straight for the independent bottling as it will. Yeah. Yeah. Look. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I've never known, well, we couldn't do it at Kempton, we couldn't do it at Sheen, and I'm certainly not doing it at Callington Mill. To be able to make gin and sell gin and market gin and make a profit out of gin so it can fund whiskey, I've never heard that that was feasible or that happened. We were unable to do it, and and we sell a fair bit of poltergeist gin. So, um, you know, the margins are very small, it's a competitive uh, business, and even if you sell X amount per year, When you look at all your costs to produce it, the excise and the marketing costs, you're left with very, very little. So, Mm. if if you want to be in a certain single malt business, I think you need to be in the single malt business. And and there's two ways of doing it you start from
2: the grain forward
5: or from the bottle backwards. I can see,
4: Jonathan, you and I are going to be great enemies. Can I just put in there? Sorry, all respect, all respect. Can I just say my gin? Uh, which Craig and I produce, um, and we run a cellar door. And if you're thinking cellar door, uh, our boys on a busy Saturday might knock out in five hours 500 cocktails.
5: Wow. To join gin in a wash
4: cocktails. with gin. Co- we with with, in a little tin shed on a seven-acre paddock in a wine area, which is um, a significant tourism area. They will be swimming in gin behind the bar at the end of the day. That enables us to make whiskey. Petrol has enabled you to make whiskey.
5: Yeah. You've had an investment
4: in something else that has allowed you to invest in making whiskey. That investment, though it's similar and petrol's a distillation, fuel stations are what you've made your money out of, allows us to make whiskey. It's, it's about getting to the end result. And our end result is going to hopefully, I, I would just love to think it's going to uh, be somewhere near what you've done at Kellington. I just, I just think it's the greatest. I hope so
5: ever. too, Ross. But you, you've got obviously a very... You're not
4: bastardising the journey by getting there. Um, you've you've got to... No, I'm telling you, you me, know, Craig whatever Craig You've got to get there. You've yeah. got to, you know... But but, but Craig and I have had this uh, dream of sure. creating the best single-malt whiskey we can create.
5: Sure, and we will but do you, it. You, you, bank, you'd, like, you'd be the exception, not the rule, wouldn't you? No, no, your, no. your cellar door is, I mean, I can we can ask Robbie about his cellar door, or 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 me about old Kempton about our cellar door, or Sheen oh. about we just didn't have those numbers. All right,
4: you would love to
5: uh, see yeah. what goes on in their place, so please come down and have a look. Yeah,
4: yeah.
0: I'd love to. Yeah, Russ, absolutely. You, yeah, I think yeah. You've, got a, you've got a very unique model. I'll explain my model. So, I started in 2015. <laughs> as an independent bottler. So I started, and at that stage, I didn't know I was going to have a distillery down the track. So I started buying new make spirit and putting into barrels and maturing it. Um, I actually matured it at um, Blackgate Distillery in Mendoran, New South Wales. When I had 10 barrels, Ryan rang me up and goes, mate, fuck off, find your own shed. You're taking up too much of my space. And when he did that, that's what put me on my journey, right? So for a number of years, for 20, trying to think now, 2018, 2017, um, 2018 I think it was. So I only had whiskey and at my cellar door, all I had was whiskey. I I was releasing whiskey, 2018, yeah, I was releasing whiskey. I then had a discussion with good friends of mine, Karoo Distillery, uh in new south wales and i said guys I only i really need a gin i, I need a white alternative to whiskey Karoo, yeah Karoo, exactly and that one has won world's best contemporary gin so those guys Coffee taught me absolutely that was a game changer for us our cellar door just took off because not everyone likes whiskey so you have a white alternative and that was a real fundamental shift in, in the way we, we moved forward on cellar door. So we now have, uh, we're sort of working on a vodka, we've got gin, we've got whiskeys, uh, we're gonna have a liqueur. So I think personally, with a cellar door approach, it's so important to have that diversity of products because that will maximize your opportunities for sales. And in all honesty, Ninety-eight percent of people that come to our cellar door buy something. If we just had whiskey, we wouldn't. We wouldn't be doing it. We wouldn't be no. doing it. We, the gin is a big part of the equation for us.
4: The cellar door is a marketing function. You know, we, we yep. attract, We're all about making the best whiskey, whiskey we can make. But yep. who's going to know about us? And and we we haven't splashed out on advertising, and we haven't run around Melbourne, you know, with a with a sandwich board. i go going. We make whiskey. Would you buy it? But if we if we uh, with our cellar door and our markets, we go to markets. Markets, you, markets. You, can, you yes. can make some good money, but you're marketing your product. You're exposing it. And we have people come into our venue and they go, oh, can I get married here? Can I have my thirtieth here? We go. This is. This is a marketing tool for that business over the other side of the paddock, which is a distillery. It's all about the distillery. Hmm. It's all about people getting to know what we do and understand yep. what we're creating and enjoy. And just what we sorry, do. just on
3: that, if I can interject, what is your website? What is your?
4: What Ballerine put distillery. Up on a Distillery. Ballerine sorry? Distillery, which is Ballerine Distillery. Good 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 put that up, up just so
0: everyone knows.
4: Yeah, have a look. At it. Look, it's
0: a, it's a you're mystery spot. Russ, you're, you're the mystery guest. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. I was <laughs>
2: didn't I not come down to be a <laughs> I've
4: we'll just called Lynn and Bill and Robbie T. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hang on. Can
0: someone why, explain bro? to
2: me?
4: Someone
0: explain to me, why is Robbie there? Robbie, that's well, not Tasmania. What
6: sausages. are you doing <laughs> Now. <laughs> so
4: you why? get lost. Because he barracks for Celtic. He's doing that's that. Right. that.
6: You know? <laughs> he's still waiting for the <laughs> crumb sausage. <there. laughs> he heard about, I
4: heard about the crumb sausage. Crumb sausage. <laughs> I heard there was crumb sausage. could resist. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know, it's it's a marking tool too. So we get we we actually we we tie in beautifully with our local um, wineries. We're in a beautiful region. It's heavily uh, um, uh, covered by the local tourism board. Visit Jalal. You know it's just um it's part of that successful at a startup it's part of a successful formula of getting to where you want to get uh, visit victoria who market the state all over the world said to us before we were open we want to know when you're going to open because we'd created so much interest with what we were going to with what we were proposing to do and i said oh well, we're not sure yet because I'm still trying to finish the joint. We were hands-on. I was up to my knees in mud. We, were, we laid cable. We, we did everything. We did a lot. Oh, you She
2: said,
4: she said we've, 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 we've posted you in London as a must-visit destination. <laughs> it what? we don't know what it's going to be yet. Like, it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Anyway.
1: So, look, look, there was just one really good question that Gary posted, Gary Hun posted a while back. He was asking John, and I'd like to hear John's answer to this too, was why did you decide to set up a distillery in Oatlands, Tasmania, John?
2: Yeah,
0: good point. Good question. That that was a question that
1: Gary raised earlier. John?
2: Good question. I'm happy to set it up. No, 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 no. Well,
5: no, that's not it.
2: it
5: No, John. The first thing is I wanted the whiskey distillery to be in Tasmania. The second thing, I wanted a heritage-significant town. So I love Richmond. There's a lot in Tasmania. But I just thought the location of Oatlands and the... Sorry, Oatlands. sorry, it was David. It was David and Carolyn Taylor. David. Oh, sorry, it was
2: David and, and Carolyn
0: Sorry. Oh. <laughs> hey, guys. Carry on. <laughs> carry on, John.
5: Uh, first Tasmania, then it was Oatlands. It, Oatlands is strategically placed on the Midlands Highway almost the in the heartland of Tasmania, within reach of Launceston and Hobart, and it's just a magnificent town. And the other thing, the distillery had to be in a heritage-significant site. So you've got Sheen, that was a Sheen estate, Old Kempton Distillery at Dysart House, and then Callington Mill. Callington Mill is a magnet for tourism. Um, It it, it attracts about 50,000 people a year. And it's a significant historical location. So that's what attracted me there. I thought I could leverage the branding of Callington Mill to a start up whiskey distillery because I don't have a brand. So Tasmania, Oatlands, and, and if you go to Oatlands, it's a beautiful, there's a beautiful lake there, there's a golf course there, there's bed and breakfasts there, there's beautiful cafes, and it's on the way. I think it's going to be as good as Richmond in the future. And the other thing that attracted me, as I said, was the actual, the windmill itself. It's the only functional windmill of its kind in the Southern Hemisphere. So I just fell in love with the site. And that's why I wanted to build it there. That's very, very cool.
2: Now,
0: I'm I'm going to ask you a question, John. So... What do you think of the Australian whiskey landscape and where do you think the Australian whiskey landscape will be in, say, five years? You've got a very interesting insight into it all, so I'm curious to hear what your thoughts
5: are. To, I mean, to, to now I and mean, in
0: five years? So.
5: Yeah. I mean, I just have gut feels. I mean, really, I have no market research into anything.
0: Yeah, just just, up there.
5: Yeah, yeah, well, you know, if you travel the world, the one thing I noticed with all wines and with all whiskies, I mean, once I was with my family in Hawaii and you open up the menu and it's got Japanese whisky, Scottish whisky, American whisky. So for me, I just always thought, well, why isn't Australian whisky there? So as far as I'm concerned, I think there's two categories. Probably going to get people upset with me now, but... I think there's certainly an Australian category, but I believe there's a Tasmanian category personally. And and I think the microclimate and the region of Tasmania for me is what appeals. And I think, I think that's um, a category that I think that, that we can take to the world. So whether it's Tas, well, obviously it's Australian with a branch that's called Tasmania. I think there's a vacuum there, the way alcohol generally is marketed as regions, this is why I, th- I think there's a category Australia and, and Starwood have stepped up to that and Archie Rose obviously have stepped up to that and, and they'll fill those gaps. I think Limeburners. Limeburners,
0: you know, yeah, yeah. Cameron Sign you know, for sure.
5: Sullivan's Cove, um, yep. Lark, Hellia's Road. So yep. there's, there's, there's a vacuum on the world market and for other whiskey, and I think Australians have proven themselves. I think per capita in the world, in every aspect of life, that we're one of the best. I mean, we're the biggest drinkers per capita in the world, right? So you know, we're probably <laughs> one of the best people. Good. We're I'm one of the almost finished a little corolla. In <laughs> Just the, in per this capita in the world. In World War Two, we were the smallest army, but the most feared army. I mean, you know, in in the world. I think Australians generally get a reputation worldwide for for being very good at any endeavor that they undertake. And I think, well, I'm hoping, I'm sure, that the whiskey category in five years would be five times where where, um, Starwood are. So I think there's definitely a market there to be had.
0: To grow, I'll, I'll give you a, a little story. So, you know, Greg Ramsey, yeah, Ratho House, Ratho Farm, I should say. So, New Zealand Whiskey Company. And I remember Greg telling me, I stayed at his joint once, and I remember him telling me around a fire, drinking whiskey. And he goes, The New Zealand Whiskey Company, just to have the name New Zealand, right, straight away implies cleanliness, uh, food security, all, all these different factors. So he goes, in America, you mentioned New Zealand and people go, ah, there's a degree of comfort. And I think New Zealand and Tasmania have that same degree of comfort, you know, from a food security standpoint, from a purity standpoint and everything else. So the brand Tasmania... The brand New Zealand, I, th- I think they're very, very aligned. My own personal yeah, opinion.
5: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, but I tell you what, the mainlanders making whiskey
5: are kicking ass.
2: There's no doubt. No doubt. There.
0: Russ, would you like to comment on that?
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, wait, I just said to Craig. We're about the, one of the closest things on mainland Australia to Tassie. We're the, we're the closest link. So we will form a brotherhood there.
2: We did <laughs> talk <tonight laughs> as long as they cut the cable again. Oh, you your allegiances.
4: I'm, I'm surprised when they cut the cable at Frankston that Tassie didn't drift away.
2: Oh, there we go. <laughs> it Yucky was Australia
5: cow. that was going to drift away,
4: mate. yeah. <laughs> 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 I want just sink. Um, well, it is sinking. New South last <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, they are um, right no, we're, all England, but... we're, all, we're all Aussies, and uh, we have an Australian Distillers it. Association.
0: Look, and, they, um, the last last week we'll at the Australian, Australian, Australian Whiskey Awards, the Australian Whiskey Awards, so uh, Bill was there, I was there, and there was other Australian distillers, and it was just a celebration yeah. of
1: Australian whiskey, wasn't it, Bill? It really was. That's a premier event now for me. That's a real, uh, an event that just brings our whole industry together in such a wonderful occasion. I really take my hat off to Nico Devlin for what he's done there. You were there, as you say. It was a tremendous night, and um, we we were a really collegial industry on that night. It was a wonderful thing. I'll just say, though, listen, Mm -hmm. Russ is from Victoria. You can always tell a Victorian. Mm -hmm. You just can't tell them much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, it's not it's not that
3: we have uh, to be right. Yes, it's that I, we are where right. Where were difference. you born?
4: Where were you born, Bill? Where did you grow up in Australia?
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's very matured that matters.
3: Well <laughs> as as that's also as a Victorian day point. We're we're good days, days. Days. Good I can agree we <laughs> are always
2: right. <laughs>
0: See that raises a good Sorry. question. So John, you live yeah. in you live in Sydney, right?
5: No. Is that correct? No. I, I that's a tough question. I had to fill in the form the other day. In the last 3 years I've spent 90% of my time in Tasmania. So Oh wow, really? Yeah. 90%. So where's home? Yeah, where's home? Yeah. Where the heart is. <laughs>
2: What
6: is the tax office? That's all right, John. I live in South and and mate, York, it's it
5: Tasmania, and that's that. I've got to, uh, yeah, i got yeah. I don't like Sydney much to be quite honest now. Yeah, yeah, it's,
2: it's, yeah. Well, yeah my well, mom it's, my it's brothers
5: lately, <laughs> the whole family's here, and I've got my two young boys that, yeah, they just don't want to leave Sydney. So, COVID was very good for us because we just spent all our time in Tassie. So, where do you live in Tassie?
0: In Hobart, uh, or
5: is- probably 50-50 between. I've got a unit in Hobart, and yeah. I stay at Oatlands. I've got oh, a house okay. in Oatlands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so tell
0: us about your team. Who, who, who's the the main guys at the distillery oh,
5: and I'm the greenhouse? We've got a. We've now got a team of about thirty people. Thirty um, now. Thirty. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Because don't forget we've got Coopers as wow. well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so the right. uh, the Cooperage is called Tiger, is that right? Or yeah. I got that
5: wrong. Yeah, Tasmanian Tiger Cooperage, but we're bringing that under Callington Mill, so it'll be under the Callanton Mill logo. So right. we've, we've sold that to um, Lark, but the, the Coopers come with us, obviously. So we've got a yeah. team of thirty people, and I tell you something, I can start with with my ceo i guess risk Moaz, but it's the it's there's so much work unloading containers loading containers fixing barrels racking whiskey taking barrels to the distillery you know making um rackings for for the barrels yeah that all that work is done by the, a lot of our staff and in my opinion, they're the backbone. They are the salt of the earth. They're the backbone of of our business, you know. So every single member, and I'm not just saying that lightly, they're so important to our overall, the function of the overall business. So, um, you know, that's where it starts for me. And so from that, you've got our distillers as well. to, To you know, Blair, Jack, Benny... Um, you know, and then risky, ri- risky manages the the whole show. Um, right. Every single one of them plays a very, very important role. So yeah, you know, I just couldn't, you
2: know,
5: every, you can't say this is more important than 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 that role. So you never going to do anything. Yeah, so I just really, really appreciate and respect. They're all dedicated, and Bill knows knows them all really one by one. I've never ever expected, and, and, and this is something I found in this industry. If you look at petrol, and you look at the staff in in that sort of industry, they're all the they don't want to be in this game. So they're they're working in the service station industry. They're all transitioning through. Yep. Whereas nice. in our industry, everyone's there. The the passion, when the way they make the barrels, the way they repair the barrels, the pride in every aspect of that business, it's just infectious. It really is infectious. And if they're in this industry, they want to stay and grow in this industry. So whether they leave my distillery and go to Lark or vice versa, they're looking to further their own careers, but they're all looking to cement a future in this industry. And this industry is a huge industry globally. So it offers a lot of pathways to to promotions and pathways to end up having your own distillery. I mean, there's a perfect example of it is Robbie who was with us at Redlands and, and look where yep. he is now. And, you know, it makes me so proud to see that
0: in the industry. It, 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 is, it is cool. I mean, Robbie, <laughs> Robbie and I met years ago and, uh, and I remember the day. And it was like it was it was such a cool thing. And, and yeah you know, we've kept in touch thing. over, over <laughs> Hey, what was that? You a
2: salty. He said it went me
0: I remember. But it's um you know, people at people in this industry uh one of the things I really love about the industry is just the the passion, the camaraderie. And, you know, I I very much personally subscribe to Bill's philosophy a rising tide floats all boats. You know, a lot of people helped me to get to where I am and I've got mentors. And so, you know, when people come to me and ask questions, I I try and help as much as as possible. And I just personally hope that (laughs) the industry stays like that and the elbows don't come out and it, and it, it goes the way of, Full- on commercial industries and i and I do believe that, yeah there, there's some really good people in the industry, and we're doing some good shit and share your good shit and we grow as as an industry.
5: That's just me, just me oh no, I have no doubt about that. I have no doubt about that, yeah yeah there's there that's a little well, bit of Robbie you. love for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys,
0: it's we're at one thirty nine, so we can push on a bit more.
2: Actually, I any- sorry, I, I
0: I wanted to touch on
3: the cooperage side of things. Yeah, go. So you you're, you're building your own cooperage.
2: Well, we've already got one. We've had. You've one got for your many, own cooperage three really four years, which yeah.
3: is obviously unusual for a Australian distillery to have your own. Why have you gone that route?
5: Oh, because it's very simple. Because to make whiskey, you need barley. I've forgotten now. Yeast and (laughs) water. But but you also need wood. I mean, wood is the most expensive part of it, and it sleeps there for between, whatever, two and a half years, well, three years plus, 10, 15 years. So, Yeah. For me, it was all about the wood from the start. I just thought to myself, yeah, you just walk into the bond rooms in, in Scotland. I loved looking at the distillery, but what I loved more was walking into those bond rooms, those old cellars, or yeah, miles and miles and miles of barrels and the smell of that whiskey and drinking at Glenfiddich from that vat bill, if you remember. Yeah, I do. <laughs> find ladder, ladder and just drinking whiskey out of that vat and just drinking whiskey out of the barrels it was just for me it was all about the barrels and i wanted to to build a cooperage and 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 try to resurrect that craft and have people try to the best of our abilities to manage our our wood regime and that's that's what inspired me to do that and you know we obviously we're not perfect at it but we're learning and we'll get better and i've got our backbone is is the cooperages we have aligned with in spain and portugal so i didn't know it at the time but when i did a deal with the our spanish coopers they ended up being the same coopers as mccallum i couldn't believe oh, it gosh. because i just love everything about mccallum so, so John, very, very important t- to us i'll tell you
0: my story mccallum so <clears throat> i visited mckellen and i was so excited so excited right it's like oh how cool is this and this was the old mckellen not the new mckellen this was back in about 2012 i think from memory so i rock up really cool get on a tour and i get this 18 year old kid and she goes i just started two weeks ago (laughs) i was like oh no i had all these questions and she couldn't answer any of them and i felt terrible asking the questions so I just kept my mouth shut, and I was like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> you know, it was, it was such a long, lost opportunity.
2: Oh, yeah. One of my
0: one of my best Scottish experiences is, or two of them, two of them I've got. One is uh, Brook Laddie. I went there in, in uh, 2009, uh, and I have a I have a, a it was fundamental for me starting my journey. Uh, Brook Laddie. Um, I've been a follower since the early 2000s. Um, but the second one was Glendronic. So I knew someone who worked at Glendronic, uh, and he he couldn't be there when I was there, but he'd organised uh, the VIP trip for me, which include going out to the barrel house and sampling all these different casks. Oh, my God. It was just Nothing such a be, magical experience, and you could relate to that, I'm sure. It's just... Those, those really special moments when someone pulls something out of a cask, you know, pops it, right, pulls it out, pours it in the glass, God knows how much they spill on the floor and you go, I don't believe this. Yeah.
5: Those
0: they, those times are magical, aren't they, John?
5: Oh the best. The be- the trip I had with Bill Lark was was the best trip of my life. It really was. The best trip of my life. Loved it. <laughs> yeah. So which, <laughs> which, which you go to? oh god my only regret there is when we were at Lafroy and and yeah. I was drinking all this peter to his skin I was just hating it right and Bill Lark was saying you'll change I said never I just hated peter whiskey at that point in time my god I'd love to go back to drink all that whiskey <laughs> because somewhere on this journey Bill Lark said it'll happen and it happened I remember when it happened it's a long story that
4: my,
1: my best Scottish
2: experience is sitting next to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
5: <with> <laughs> only yeah. So I just love peated whisky now. It's just absolutely adore it, yeah. and that's something we're going to do at Callington yeah. Mill. Colmark haven't perfected it yet, but they're building a they're building equipment that will. We will draw unpeated barley or malted barley, wet it again, and then infuse it with Tasmanian peat and then put yeah. it in a separate
0: Okay, so you're up. going to do your own peated, your own peated barley, Tasmanian
5: oh, peated barley. Well, you wouldn't have me buy Scottish peated barley, would you? Well, well, you can't call it Tasmanian, then, can no, you? But, well, 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 this is no, why
0: it's important. It does raise an important question because okay. a, lot, yeah. a lot of them, yeah. uh, <laughs> Australian Australian distillers are importing uh, Scottish Peter barley, right? Well, because they do it the best, right? And it no makes lot of sense. But, the Tasmanians... I'm using Tasmania as an example. They they do their own Peter barley, right? And not and everyone Bill,
5: in Tasmania. You can
0: talk about that, and others have played around with it. Cam Signs, he's he's doing his own. He's got peat bogs yeah. in in WA, but from a purely smoking smoke level, Scottish Peter barley just seems to to work, doesn't it? Bill, well, your little... the
3: history. <laughs> they've done it for a long enough time. They know what they're exactly. doing.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Bill, what it's, do you think? Well, it, well, you did right. I mean, I love my Scottish peated malts as much as John does. Now, he, he, he's he's hooked. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the dark side. When we started our process that John talked about of smoking. Yeah. Um, already created malt over a peat fire here in Tasmania with Tasmanian peat. It was never about trying to copy an Ardbeg or a Laphroaig or Lagavulin. They're special whiskies, and I love them. What we were trying to do was introduce a Tasmanian peat into our malt, which gave our whiskey a sweetness and a depth of character, um, you know, in a light smoky note, in a balanced way. That's kind of all we've ever tried to do down here. So we're not trying to pretend to be Laphroaig or Lagavula. Or I love those to bits. Um, it's just we're different,
0: that's all. Look, it comes down to also the, the composition of the peat, doesn't
1: it? I mean, you compare... Our peat's island, almost identical to island. Scotland. It's totally different, isn't it? No, no. So, We've had peat bog experts come to visit our peat bog in Tasmania, 40 of yeah. them from around the world. They yeah. crawled all over our peat bog, wetting their pants, so excited, digging it up and <laughs> holding it in me. their head And at the end of it, they declared, whatever you think, your peat is... 99% similar to Highland Scottish peat. It's simply decomposed sphagnum moss. And wow, so Highland peat, is really? It's wow. as clean and sweet as a lot of Highland um, sphagnum wow. peat. Um, sure, the stuff on Isla has to be different because it's got the influence from the sea and all that lovely yep. salt air and everything else. But otherwise, no, the reality is our peat in Tasmania is almost 100% identical to Scottish Holland people. Wow, that's cool. uh, According to the experts. Yeah, that's no. That, that's well, the, you the, don't, the, don't
3: argue with the experts, really, do you? No,
0: no. Nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> guys, we're going to wrap this up. You guys are staying online because we're going offline. <laughs> we're going to have some fun now. So, um is there any – guys, Do you, John, do you want to wrap up? Bill, do you want to wrap up? Well, no, this then... is
5: John's night. I'll let John wrap up. John, wrap up, mate. Hope you had fun. Oh, mate! Look, I always have fun. You never not have fun in, in this business. Um, look, you know, for me, it's it's you know I've always felt the Tasmanian whiskey family. Well, I'm not always felt they've always helped me, and they've always welcomed me. And you know, I, I'm I just hope that I've sort of my fear was to let them down. So mm. after seven years. I'd like to think that um, um, that I've done my time and and hopefully I've added some value to the Tasmanian brand because I hold that brand so dear to my heart, and and that's it. We're just having fun and that sort of. I'm just so proud to be part of the Tasmanian family. That's it.
0: Mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. The night has been really <laughs> good because we have gone in so many different directions <laughs> some people will love it some people will be rather pissed off but I, I, I think I can safely say
3: that this has been our most robust yes <laughs> discussion so far by far <laughs>
5: <laughs> that's what passion does passion Absolutely.
3: does my
0: friend I only 100% agree. It's all about the passion. So we'll wrap it up. Luke, I'll leave it to you. Talk about our sponsors, right. Luke. <laughs> really-
3: yeah, so we, we we do have sponsors, and um, I'm just going to flash them up on the screen now. There we go. I think the – oh, hold on. Let me just
0: – Yeah, Carlington Mill's not a sponsor. There you go. Yep, Carlington <laughs> <from laughs> Mill is not a They are the
3: guest I today. I, um, I think the um, – um,
2: yeah. yeah.
3: From, yeah. from all the ones that we've spoken yeah. to recently, they have all said, don't call us, we'll call you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, which is fantastic that they're that busy, but we've got the barrel brokers, have a chat with Robbie, he's got all the good stuff. Uh, Burns, uh, welding fabrication, obviously fantastic steel builders and uh uh, masters of the industry, they are fully booked as far as I'm aware. Uh, 2023, 2024, them. yep, 2024. 20, if you are lucky, uh, why not Cooperage? Andrew yeah, 20 Young, 20 who's 20 been on, uh, mentioned a few 20 comments. Young is going to be framing barrels at uh, Epic in the Valley, our caper tea, uh camping weekend, which is. Next weekend,
0: yes, next
3: oh, weekend. Fuck. Next weekend, no, 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 we no. have we haven't got have labels in the valley. <laughs> Shit, you better do that, mate. Oh, no! Uh,
0: no, no so, no.
3: Youngy's no, no. going to be flaming a barrel, he's coming all the way from uh, from South Australia. He's coming up he to flame some barrels with us and, and talk all things. Uh, we've got Transwood, uh, uh one of our most recent episodes with. with Was with the fellas from Transwood and just fantastic. Sorry, and Dave, awesome time. Oh, deep dive into wood. It's deep dive into wood. I reckon I'm really looking forward to us having a wood off. (laughs) A wood off. We're gonna have a wood off.
2: (laughs) 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 We are. (laughs) 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 are (laughs) Wood off sounds dangerous. We are
3: going to have a wood off between Callington Mill. trans wood oh yeah to part of it yes yes yeah yeah awesome. fuck yeah we will get all the masters of wood and they can just wood the hell out of each other it's going to be a wood off wood off it's going to be a major event it's going to be like an mma uh it's it's going to be epic absolutely epic
1: uh save a glass
3: get all your glass from save a glass CCL labels, and of course, if you need water, Wild Woken have, well, I mean, look. That's the, my local uh, water. The local water, the New South Wales. There is something about the Tassie water, yes. I mean, you, you knock a girl uh, no, I the that. And she comes challenge out. challenge a, a, But Wild Woken, uh, New South Wales, uh, natural spring water, can't get any better, really.
0: Right wrap it up Luke Bring it
3: home. Wrapping it up. All right. Now uh hold on let me just remove that. Then we will go down to I've got a few things prepared. Uh obviously go? our uh main guest of the uh, of the evening uh Callington Mill Distillery.com. Go in there hey, John. and John, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, getting to know you. I'm gonna be in, be out in Tasi, uh, in uh, March. I'm gonna come and see you, please. So, I'm gonna hit you up uh, very please. soon for please. that. <laughs> um, <laughs> then <laughs> we've got <going laughs> uh, go episode five of uh yeah, the shit. uh and we've got derwent distillery robbie and yeah course, yeah We robbie, chatted shit with robbie episode five yeah. mate all that, and of all course, that time to
0: go
1: yeah. uh they've got whiskey
3: they also have an absolutely fucking cracking gin i'm a huge fan of this and i'm going to be getting another bottle for free thank you excuse me <laughs> Uh, We've also got our uh, special guests as well, ballerinedistillery.com.au. When I am next down in Victoria uh, visiting the folks in Colac, I will be heading your way as well. And, of course, Mm -hmm. Bill Lark. I mean, which, which brand do I put you under? We've got old Kempton. We've got Lark, of course, your namesake. Uh, which other ones should I should I display on the screen?
1: Now that's Ooh. enough. I'm just here to support all my mates that are here with us tonight. <laughs> that's the only reason I'm here. I- uh, I've, I've,
0: I've got a comment. I've got a comment. So I was at the Australian Whiskey Awards. I picked up Bronze Whiskey Personality of the Year, and I lost out to this. The guy, and the guy I lost out to was Bill Lark, who got the silver. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: so
1: it's always next
0: awesome. year, Crafty. Next year. Oh, next mate. Year. No, I think, I, I think I've done really? my dash. I don't think I'm going to get any better
3: than where I am now. <laughs> silver to Bill Lark, though, is pretty fucking
2: good. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I'm happy. I'm
2: Very and, good.
0: And, and I, hey. I got silver, silver distiller of the year. And I and who got gold? Who got You're gold?
4: You know behind you know behind.
0: Who got very gold? Lovely. Christy Lark.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a
0: very proud parents. Very yeah, proud parents. And hang on. And Lisa from Archie Rose got, got bronze. So a round of applause. Yeah.
2: Go the women. Well. It was Go an the Australian
0: women. night. It was a fun, fun night. I, I had a yeah. lot of lot of fun. See what I hugged and kissed so many people. I'm surprised I don't have COVID. Some of you probably All right, right please, Thank please you all, please
2: all please very please much. On. I'm going to hit
3: the end broadcast. Don't go anywhere, guys. Uh, thank that you. Anyway, guys. Please like, subscribe, follow, share, do all the things because obviously we want to get the word out to as many people as possible. It really helps us out. Thank you very much. And uh, actually, before we go, who have we got on next, Crafty? You,
0: you're uh, master of the calendar. Oh, Jesus. Hang on a
2: sec.
0: Uh, Throw Crafty under the bus. No, throw Crafty under the bus. Hang on. And it is the... Still Magic, Marcel. It is. You're right. It's Marcel. Yep. Marcel on the... Marcel Thompson. All about... Got a new book out. Got a new book. It's an awesome book. And if you're a guy, new distiller, and you you want some help, absolutely get on to Marcel's books. Top books. books. That will
3: be on – oh, have you done a forward for it, uh, Bill?
0: Uh, I've read the forward. It's not bad. (laughs) (laughs) i read both of them. They're great books, great books.
3: (laughs) That is on the uh, 17th of March, uh, so two weeks from now. um, And I'll actually be in Tassie for that one. So hopefully my internet will work. Uh, come knows? on, come on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, you're, you're sort of implying that Tasmanians haven't quite got there with the internet yet. Is that what, is that what I'm, I'm, not,
3: I'm not implying? Anything really, just you know, whatever. Wrap it up, Luke. <laughs> all right, thank you all. Like and subscribe. Catch us all later. See you later. later.
2: Bye bye.